You might not be black, but you are a sex machine to all the chicks, mate. You're damn right. <laughs> There's no reason for this song, though. Like, there is no reason other than, like, I've just chosen it to compliment you, mate. I could dig it. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of big shafts, my name is Glenn Cochran. Welcome to Good Movie Monday, everybody. The weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. I uh, couldn't possibly do this show either with that bad mother sitting opposite me, Ben Hellwig. Shut your mouth. <laughs> there we go. The bit, the bit is done, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for the for the cue card. <laughs> I never would have remembered my lines without uh, it. Most <laughs> awkward intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how we would I? Just talking about Shaft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my nickname in school. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a mixed bag of a show for you this week, everyone. Um, things are a little bit festive this week, so we are going to be talking about some Christmas stuff on the show. Uh, what else? We're going to talk about some first-time viewings on this particular episode. Uh, the Boneheads are going to talk about drugs. So there's that. And <laughs> <laughs> whatever other nonsense comes it's, our way. It's good that Joe's finally decided to get the help he needs. <laughs> He's lost a lot of weight lately, so I'm wondering about that. <laughs> uh, who needs food when you've got the cocaine? <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, he's from Kentucky, the meth. <laughs> I've seen Justified. I know what goes on. If it's not meth, it's 7-Up. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, yep. Where can people find us, Ben? They can find us at goodmoviemonday.com. Excellent. And <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. And all the social media platforms. We're on every single one of them, even the ones that nobody uses. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, no one uses threads. We're there. We're there. Uh, we don't really check it. No. I I've never received a threads update. No. No, no. no. <laughs> I wonder if our stuff does populate on there. It's automatic if it does. It, uh, yeah, I don't Let know. us know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're a keen threads user, right. jump on threads and let us know. Ah, if you're on X slash Twitter... We are there. We don't do much, but we're there. We're there. That's the important part. We're also on Spotify, and uh, we're even on. Uh, we're on. We're on Letterboxd, but we don't do it anymore. We don't really update it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Used to be a really prolific thing. Yeah, I used to do it every. It was my one job, and now I don't have it, and I'm. More, I'm I regretted it the, the minute I suggested doing it. I regretted it. <laughs> and now that it's over, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and of course, TikTok is the one to go to where you want bite-sized snippets. All the funny little bits from the show we put on there. All the uh, the additional content that we produce each week mostly goes on there as well. Um, we have another podcast. It's where the kids are. Yeah, Wednesday Uplates, the other one I host with Chloe. That's fun. That's every Wednesday, obviously. And uh, we do videos every week. We do reactions to trailers. We do uh, our Jarrett segment goes on to the... Uh, the YouTube and the Facebook. Our uh, physical, our PE class. Uh, PE class. I don't, I don't call it that anymore. No. no. Don't, we call it that in the show. Well, no, no. no. <laughs> Only Jared Only Jared does, does yeah. Yes. But otherwise the whole, the sign-off makes no sense if we, uh, <laughs> if we don't call it that. Yes. So there you go. That's a little introduction for all of those newbies that are listening because uh, we do have a lot. 
We have a lot. We've had some really good. Uh, we had a great uptake this week on our Facebook page. So a lot of interaction with people there, which is great to see. That was lovely. Our special guest this week, Ben, is Nicole Pastor. She is an Australian actress in the new Christmas comedy drama, Christmas. So she's going to be up a little bit later to have a chat with me about that. She's also uh, one of the uh, players in The Cost, the film that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago on the show. And this wouldn't be the Good Movie Monday podcast if we didn't mention The Cost at least once. (laughs) That's right. It has become a regular motive. Um, She's also in a movie called Ruby's Choice with Jane Seymour. Like, I mean, how many people can say they've acted opposite Jane Seymour? Not that many. No. Slash a lot. (laughs) But not that many here in Australia. (laughs) We're going to have to do something about that speech pattern you got going on there, mate. Yeah, I'm just... uh, (laughs) I'm stuck in... uh, I'm stuck in, in cue card mode. We do have awesome music coming up on this particular show. And as Ben mentioned before, Spotify, go there and look up Good Movie Monday, the music, and you'll get over 15 to 16, nearly 17 maybe, hours of back-to-back bangers from this show. You can't stop the Good Movie Monday music. <laughs> Murders. We will In um, the building. Oh, We could do a Christmas video on roller skates, you and I. That I would uh, pay to see. <laughs> no, I tell you, I used to I used to go roller skating all the time as a mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, it was a uh, I don't know. Dad got it into his head that it was something that we would enjoy to do, enjoy doing. And, and did you? We did. Yes. Uh, so we used to go down to the Caribbean Rollerama every weekend. That's where I, I went. Was about we probably skated together. You know, quite possibly. Like I would have been, like you know, I think I was still in primary school when I was doing it. Were you a mean say. speed skater? I did the speed skating. Yes, I certainly <laughs> yeah. did. Uh, I had no stop. I had no brakes on how my. Did, how uh, did you feel about going backwards? Let's do it in reverse. Go the other way. I was. I was fine. I could do it all. <laughs> I could do. I could do it all. I could do the. I could. I could. I could do the. I could do the figure skating tricks as well. I could do it all. A regular ski, Steve Gutenberg. I was totally. <laughs> and then, uh, but then I stopped going. I haven't been for like 30, 40 years. I think mm-hmm. the last time I went was uh, like the. <laughs> High school graduation after party was at a roller skating rink for yep. some, somebody decided that was the place to go. Yeah, and uh, that was the last time I went. And then uh, you know the nieces came of age, and uh, you know let's go, let's take them to the roller skating rink and see what that's like. And I, I jumped on those skates, <laughs> yes. and uh, let's just say that uh, what they say about uh, missing your knees when they're gone <laughs> is a hundred percent true because I I tried to do like that crossover thing when you when you're yes. doing the corner. And I obviously don't distrib- didn't distribute my weight in the correct way, and I just went ass over tit, <laughs> straight on the knees on the concrete floor. There is nothing more terrifying than being a grown ass adult that used to skate as a kid and loved yeah. it, but has lost the the, the yeah. knack for it. Because my wife and I have personal skates; like we actually have our own skates that we take. And when our kids were younger, we'd go to the Rollerama all the time. And just as a grown ass adult, it's so much further to fall. It, and like it, it's true what they say. Like there's actually there is actually like um, <laughs> sinew and stuff in your knees that is that is when you're growing. It's not it's not solid. It hasn't uh, <laughs> you know hardened up and and become brittle like it has uh, when you're our age. It's now. rubbery. Yeah, it's rubbery. It bounces back. Like I remember as a kid, and my father has n- literally never forgiven me and my sister for this. <laughs> but I reckon he probably would have been about forty five and. Yeah, my sister and I would have been about 10 and 7 or 8, whatever it is. Yeah. We're in Oakley, walking across the street. And uh, as he comes to the nature's tribute, he doesn't lift his foot high enough over the thing and trips and falls. <laughs> and uh, he's in fucking agony. And me and my sister thought it was hilarious. Like, it was like, it was like a Funniest Home Videos live in, in person. 
And he was furious. And we just thought, what are you pulling your knees? Like, big deal. Like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Cut to now. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, he might would have been in agony. <laughs> you know what? For, for a good half of that story, I thought he was on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my expression. I did, I'm like trying to put this together in my head. I know it may look like it in the videos, but I did not grow up in the 70s. <laughs> Far out. Um, hey, you know what's really scary is we're almost at the end of the year. I think we've only got three more episodes to go. I thought you were going to say that we're almost at the end of the show and I had like a blackout and just didn't remember all of it. You fell <laughs> like over, I remember? It. I fell over. You landed on your I was knees. Out. I was out. It's all pre-records. Three more episodes to go. And they're all bangers. We have got guests lined up. I just want to give a quick you know, plug for next week's guest because it is a doozy. We've got John Wu as a guest on the show. That's amazing. I know. A chat with John Wu. Um, legend of not only Asian cinema, but American action cinema. It's astounding. <laughs> is that a joke? Or? No, I was doing the Danger Mouse thing. I was going <laughs> to wait for the next thing and they go, wherever there is danger, John Wu's there. <laughs> I don't know why I got that in my in, into my head to do, but far out. So I'm excited about that anyway. Um, this well, you've is... already done it. <laughs> You're excited about sharing it. I mean, yeah, I, that's yeah. how I am every week. I love the chats <laughs> I have, and I love um, yeah, sharing them with people. And you know, we got into some good stuff with him. But um, this is the part of the show where we were going to talk about Napoleon. But um, once again, I was stood up at the aisle. You know what? I <laughs> it, well, it's your own fault, really. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I was all Victim set blaming. to go. I was all set to go. And I called you just to make sure that I had a ticket because I did not RSVP myself. Yeah. And you said, yes, but the Eastern is a car park. <laughs> Free, well, freeway, that is. Oh, well, I'm not going. <laughs> and I mean, to be honest, fuck you, Ridley Scott. <laughs> three hour fucking film. It was not three hours. It was like just two and a half, I think. Close two, enough. Two, yeah, two hours and 40 minutes. Two hours of yeah. 40 or 50 minutes. I just, you know, and that's going to be ironic when uh, I, I talk about my recommendation at the <laughs> right. end of the film because as it turns out, that film goes for two hours and 40 minutes. Right. And I didn't realise. It's not Kingdom of Heaven, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I understand, you know, and we, we discussed this when, uh, I don't know if it's actually in the Jarrett's. No, in, it's not. We discussed this we privately. We discussed it privately. But there will be a mini series five hour cut kind yeah. of thing for for Apple, which is fair enough. Like, which is what Scorsese should have done. For, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, for his one, but um, you know, just look. Oh. I will. My reaction to it is, it's not. It's not a bad film at all, but it is very much a Cliff Notes sort of um, Wikipedia entry version of his story, Napoleon. He's done what eighty some eighty something battles he led, and six of them are represented in the film. Yeah. You know, and which is fine, but a, but I mean, like with only six represented, that's still a lot for like a, a two and a half hour film. Therefore, yeah. there's not much else. It's mostly just battles. Does he play them out in real time? The battles. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean, I um, suppose the like someone go, I was talking to um, mentioned, like, just the Battle of Waterloo alone is like a four-hour movie. Yeah, and it occupies twenty minutes of screen time. You know, so <laughs> there's a lot more to flesh out. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. That's, that's my reaction <laughs> to, um, to Napoleon. The, you know, that Ben left me high and dry out. But it was it was IMAX. I don't blame you because I don't like going to IMAX. I really don't. Oh, look, I I'll take IMAX over Melbourne Central. <laughs> uh, that being said, it's a long way to go <laughs> to watch an Apple Plus movie that will be streaming <laughs> shortly. Yep, and. Uh, 
of of a particularly of a subject that I'm not particularly interested in. Like, I love Hornblower. Watch that series on repeat a lot, <laughs> and Bonaparte's the enemy and all that sort of stuff. And if it was if it was even something about the French Revolution and his rise to power, but I think when you you, you when you do, it's like Alexander the Great and and Hannibal and all of those, you know, guys. They are more than. If you're going to do a thing about their whole life, you're going to cut a lot out. You do. So you're much better off just you know making it about a specific thing, or Absolutely. do it as a TV series. Yeah, or or sequels. Or sequels. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sequel the shit out of it. Napoleon Seven Waterloo. <laughs> hey guys, quickly jumping in for you know the habitual. Promo for Newsly. Uh, what is Newsly? You all know what Newsly is, let's face it. But for those that don't, okay, let's do it. Newsly is a super app that you can download onto your phone and it gets you all of the podcasts that you love, as well as all of the news from around the world from over 80 different countries. Newsly takes the highest trending articles, puts them into your phone depending on your own search criteria. In other words, the stuff that you want. And then it reads all the stories back to you in a natural human voice. And there are different voices you can choose as well, which is really cool. It's very handy for when you can't possibly read because you're driving or you're walking or whatever reason, you might just be fucking lazy. I don't know. But Newsly actually love what we do. And for our listeners, they have a special offer of a month's premium service for free. That's an upgrade from their regular free service. Just use the exclusive code MONDAY without the O. M-N-D-A-Y. Go to newsly.me, download it, upgrade, get more for nothing. You can't lose Newsly. All right, well, we're here now. Mate, wait for wait for Ben to stop yawning. Are we ready? <laughs> 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 Am I boring you, Ben? No. <laughs> Hi, Jared. Jeez, yeah, a man of so many words there. I love that Megaforce hat, Ben. Thank you very much. It's a, It comes from the Umbrella Special Edition. Very nice. I had to put it on because the... Uh, the light because we were both wearing hats that's why you had to put it on you felt left out you got the brief we're all wearing hats and black apparently no the noggin the noggin blows out the uh the light reading on the uh, webcam oh uh, i was in a meeting with you the other day and you looked angelic like almost like um patrick swayze in ghost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that freestyler effect straight off the top of his dome yeah <laughs> No, well, it looks great, man. It looks actually looks like he should be aboard like the Nostramus or something from Alien. Oh <laughs> no, it's like looks a Harry like Dean Stanton baseball cap from that suit. um that Sean Connery Peter Hams film. What's that one? Out Outland. Outland. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's it's just it's a temporary one until I get my uh, Piggly Wiggly hat from uh, Team. <laughs> Did you order that? Yeah, I'm gonna get. Um, I haven't ordered. <laughs> yet. I'm gonna. I'm definitely ordering that Piggly Wiggly hat. I nice, sent him a link to it. Nice. I'm like, Dude, that's, that's great. great. Uh, well, anyway, Jared, what are we? Uh, what are we here for? Well, our weekly home entertainment segment, gentlemen, Ooh. and and it is a it's a it's a big week for releases, and I've culled it right down to the most important. Needless to say, I won't be talking about anything that's coming out on DVD unless it's coming out on 4K, Ultra HD, or Blu-ray, because there's there's too much content to begin with. The first of which is one I haven't seen that I am desperately keen to check out it's the new teenage mutant ninja turtles film which i know you saw uh was it mutant mayhem and it's coming out in 4k blu-ray dvd all the formats it's a paramount title and as is the history with paramount lately they're doing the dolby atmos track 
on the 4K and on the Blu-ray, which is great. So again, if you don't want that uptick in quality, you're fine to pick up the Blu-ray. As for special features, you know, you don't expect much. Look, it's a Teenage Mutant Shuttles film, and unless it's the 1990 Teenage Mutant Shuttles film that you do want special features on, particularly a featurette on uh, Casey Jones and uh, the actor's <laughs> career since then, from, from Teenage Mutant Shuttles <laughs> to Crash, uh, it's got like four or five featurettes on it, just marketing fluff. I think one of them's even had it illustrate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. So fun sort of fluff for kids, basically. But yeah... But you you quite like that one, didn't you, Glenn? I loved it. It's in my top ten of the year. I'm I'm yeah, I'm down with it. Like and and people should um, look out for an interview we got coming up with Peter Led, the creator of um, Ninja Turtles, co-creator. Oh wow, that's that'll awesome. be that'll be dropping to our socials um, sometime soon. But this film, yeah, man, it's it's the best Ninja Turtles movie outside of that theatrical film. Yeah, right. The original, right. Well, yeah, film. the original, and I, I got a massive soft spot for for two Secret of the Ooze. Same, and same. I didn't, I didn't mind number three. I mean, it copped a lot of flack, but I Is didn't that... mind number three. Are Turtles you in time in this new movie that tops Vanilla Ice's Ninja Rap? Secret... <laughs> go Ninja, go Ninja. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: like, if you if you liked Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, you're gonna like this. Excellent. I know. No, I'll definitely check it out. And on that note, actually, I still have to check out that last Spider-Man mm. film as well. But I may, I may do it at the moment because uh, a lot of the streamers are doing, you know, Cyber Monday and that. So where you can rent some of these films for like two ninety nine, and that's a bargain to rent something in four K Ultra HD with Dolby Atmos. Bit of the old try before you buy. So I might be putting that into practice uh, this evening or this week. Because that's the beauty of like Black Friday. We we went from. Black Friday on one day of sales to a whole week before Black Friday leading into sales. Then they they adopted Cyber Monday as the <laughs> last ditch day of sales. Now that's turned into a week. So pretty much you've got two weeks of sales, whether it's in physical media or digital. And admittedly, the physical side of things this year has been a little lackluster. And I think it's partly because locally, you know, we only have a handful of physical retailers. And even Amazon, I've noticed of late, had dropped off stocking local content so some distributors they don't sort of carry anymore i guess there's maybe no margin in it for them so they just don't see the the value and because people are using them primarily to import international titles i guess I that's where the money's coming from i think it's the australian distributors aren't have ah. to supply amazon because right right no point in it. yeah of course i guess that yeah there's no there's no money in it for them as well plus you know, then they can do whatever they want in terms of export sales and they lose control. Say the local retailers are being able to handle the export element themselves and possibly make a buck there. But anyway, yeah, needless, I have bought some stuff during the course of the last week or so and I'm still looking at things on Cyber Monday. I did buy a new 4K player. So now I've got two in the household. So I've got, I've got one in the bedroom, which was um, a valuable addition because sometimes you don't want to watch you know, a movie in Atmos. You just want to listen to something, you know, a little bit, you know, quieter say, in the bedroom. Have you also bought the Atmos soundbar for the bedroom? No, but the TV does have Atmos built in. <laughs> Not that I recommend that kind of Atmos, but it does. And look, it shakes the wall. So I guess that's something more <laughs> than I'm the doing these days in my old age with my bad back. But uh, another release that's coming out this week on Home Entertainment, Strays, which I believe we all thoroughly enjoy during its theatrical run. 100%. And it's coming out in the Unleashed edition. As far as I can tell, it, there's no extended cut of the film because I don't know what you could add into that film to make it any more offensive and hilarious as it were. 
but it is got a bunch of special features. There's actually a commentary on this one, which is cool because we're not typically seeing so much commentaries these days, particularly on these studio comedies, but also six featurettes and the featurettes themselves actually look like they'll be thoroughly entertaining. The only thing this film doesn't have, unfortunately, because it's only coming out on Blu-ray and DVD, it doesn't have Dolby Atmos, <laughs> uh, not even on the Blu-ray, which is a bit disappointing because I want to hear those dogs bark and urinate and fornicate and do all that sort of stuff in Atmos. Uh, sadly, it's not to be the case. And I don't see Universal double dipping with a 4K release of this one six months down the track. So this is the best we're probably going to get it. Uh, needless to say, you can stream it digitally in 4K, which is downright offensive, but I'll be picking this one up, but I'm just going to wait for it to drop in price because I don't need to see it again, but I will be really happy to revisit it in six I months. I do. I think time. it's one of the one of the year's best comedies. Oh, de I definitely. It's just comedies I tend to give a bit of a wider berth for, only because I like some of the jokes to hit me, you know, again, and I almost forget about them, whereas my memory yeah. of that film is 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 pretty... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I guess, yeah, that... That like that cyclone of pubic hair, it was just that stayed with me. I was a big, big fan. There's another title coming let's out not, from an indie. Sorry. Sorry, let's not forget that today's new release is tomorrow's three for thirty. Exactly. And you don't have to it, it used to be a thing that would be ninety days or something before it could go into one of those, you know, two for or three for campaigns or anything of that nature. Now it feels like you probably only have to wait, you know, a month from release and it's going to drop in price at least, if not enter one of those campaigns. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little more selective when it comes to this. And look, it doesn't hurt to wait because it paid off for the Black Phone, Megan and oh, what was the third one? Cocaine Bear. They all came out on 4K Ultra HD overseas. So I was able to, you know, upgrade without having to mm -hmm. try and sell a title that no one's interested in because it's in surplus at your local retailer. But the next title I want to mention is from an indie, it's from Madman. I haven't had a chance to see this one, but I'm dead keen to check it out, mainly because it's got John Hamm in the lead, but it's also got Tina Fey. And we're not really seeing Tina Fey in too many movies at this point in time. She's really moved into the producing realm. And the rumor is that she may even take over for Lorne Michaels when he eventually retires from SNL, if that ever actually happens. She does happens. have the new Mean Girls coming out. Well, yeah, that's true. But she, she did she she didn't direct it though. Yeah, she's in it. She wrote it. Yeah, she's in it. She's she's in it and she's written it. But has she directed it? I don't think so. No, because I, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, get someone young to write that, you know. I but it's know. her property. Like she, came it is, up. it <laughs> is. But I feel like you could get someone else in now. Get some. That is something that might actually benefit from fresh blood as opposed to all of these other things where you've got really great filmmakers you know what you today's young ones are like there's no way fresh blood could come in and make mean girls better oh yeah i yeah it's true i remember seeing the headers musical and it was revolting it was uh and then the tv series which i didn't even bother with which i heard was just the, awful, the, awful. the new generation don't so, believe in edginess like they just be, don't be honest, so. <laughs> i'm hoping that mean girls is all of that you know is basically you know that sketch from i think it's from snl when steve buscemi is under goes undercover as a, <laughs> yes hello, yes hello, kids hello cool kids or whatever yes, well, yes i do like the trailer i'm down for that i'm the down trailer for, for the that. new one looks really good i haven't i haven't gone there yet i um i think i landed upon another trailer and i thought it was the mean girls trailer and it then it went into something else and i was like oh this isn't mean girls but this looks quite good and then <laughs> well, completely forgot about it yeah I will. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it a good look and then I'll I'll wait for it to hit streaming, no <laughs> doubt. Because it's hard to get me to the cinema these days. I did go and see Thanksgiving and I'm so glad I did because it was 
It was the cinema experience I wanted. Yep. And I went and saw it at like 4.30 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. And because of the R classification, it was like about half full the cinema. And surprisingly, the audience, for the first time I've been to a movie, I think in maybe five years, I didn't see anyone on their phone or no one was talking during it. Uh, I might have been the only person laughing at points in time or Danny was laughing. But God, it was a great cinema going experience. Yeah, it's I a just fun had such movie. a ball. And it really pokes fun at the younger generation too. That yeah. made me made me laugh. In <laughs> fact, there's a line about using your phone in a movie. And at that point I quickly glimpsed around. I was like, no one's using a phone in a movie. This is fantastic. Anyway, uh, I digress. So yeah, that movie with John Hamm and Tina Fey, it's called Maggie Moores. It's a black comedy thriller. And from my understanding, it's uh, a, a murder uh, investigation, but two of the victims have the exact same name, uh, Maggie Moore. So hence Maggie Moore's. Anyway, it sounds great. I can't on, wait to check uh, it out. Wasn't Tina Fey in Haunting in Venice? Was that her? I haven't got to that. I know it's on Disney+. I think Plus, she was the American I... friend, wasn't she, Ben? Yeah. yeah I so haven't she... done the last one yet. The uh, What was it? The What was the last one? Death on the Nile. Yes, I haven't done that. And I think I could probably just skip to this, to be honest. You could, but no, but uh, it's fun. It's fun. The last one's fun? They're all fun. Oh, I've had a really tough time with the first one. No, so did like I. Like a David Until O. Russell production had, with I those mustaches. Issue. and This was all on the show, but I, I had an issue with the first one until I watched number two and three and I'm like suddenly I'm in love with this character and I want to go back to the start like and you did you go went back yeah, and it, yeah, was, and it was it was okay. different, different perspective okay maybe I need to do that I might be more attached to the you know the classic Agatha Christie adaptations from the 70s and 80s so I oh, look I will get there I it's the run times that put me off sometimes I look and I go 120 140 minutes of that but maybe I just treat it like a mini series and, you know, give it 60, 70 minutes and then come back the following night and finish it off. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just did that Needful Things TV car mm. and I treated it that way. I treated it as a TV mini series and it was great. Like it was mm. so good to see it play in a totally different form and flesh out some of the plot lines from the film. I've never had a problem with the film. I quite liked it, but. I really enjoyed the alternate cut. And of course, yeah. that's available on that imprint release we spoke about the other week. Now, another release. Yeah, sorry. Those things, Jared, is you have to cut your own trailer just with you doing a voiceover right at the start going, over two glorious nights. <laughs> yeah. And then I do a slight recap. Last yeah. time on. <laughs> so, but that's the way I'm going to treat Napoleon, the way I'm going to treat, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. So I think that's my new thing. Mind you, I don't mind binging two or three episodes of some series and it being three hours. But when it comes to the movie, I'll, I'll treat it as such. Uh, another release that's coming out this week, sans any special features or any uh, glory, but it's the first time it's been released on Blu-ray locally. It's the 1994 thriller Blown Away mm. with Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges. Not what to be a... confused with that Corey <laughs> Feldman film and Corey Haim With one. Like one of the worst <laughs> Irish accents I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah. I've seen it once on video <laughs> when it first came out, and I, I remember there's a lot of hype around it when it got a theatrical and then I watched it on video and I was like, well, what was that about? That was, that was pretty average. It's fuck, but it's fun. Yeah, I, I want to watch it and I almost want to do it in a double with um, Arlington Road because it's kind of, you know, I just think that that would be a good pairing of films. But I do like Arlington Road. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a better yeah, film. I think it's the better film. Maybe that's the second film because otherwise yeah. I'll probably never watch Blown Away. Uh, so, yeah, that one's coming out courtesy of Umbrella and it's a budget title, just a cheap fun titles so no need for special features on that bad boy 
Then Imprint have got a new essential film noir box set coming out. I think it's volume five. So they've quickly climbed. I think now there's as many volumes as that as there are the Keener Lawble ones. This one's got Island of the Doomed Men, uh, The Red Menace, The Burglar and 13 West Street. And they've also started releasing some of the titles from the earlier box sets individually now as well because the box sets seem to go quickly out of print mm -hmm. and then fetch a good good penny on on the old evil bay but yeah I that just, one's coming I'm out you could afford those things because i can't afford them when they're at their standard price i can't even <laughs> afford them when they're, they're at jb hi-fi 30 percent off price no you can't you kind of got to just if you if you want it you've either got a budget for it or you've got to like hope and pray that they're going to be around come you know like jb's buy one get one free or whatever so then effectively you could get two of them for the price of one yeah that's what yeah. i'm going to do with the walter that walter hill box set yeah it's it's really, costly but it's worth every single penny i'm surprised you don't have it it's got the street fighter on blu-ray mate yeah no. hard times on blu-ray how are the you driver on 4k yeah that yeah, but if hard times as soon as ben gets that box set you're going to hear all about it there's going to be another recommendation <laughs> of hard times for sure that's the pro and, you know look i was listening to i was listening to the imprint podcast funnily enough where they were talking to walter chaw who did a lot of the extras on that box set right yeah yeah they're talking about the driver now i tried to watch the driver maybe six months or a year after i'd seen drive i was like mm, all right i'll right. check this out everything everything about it says it should be the perfect like right up my alley and i watched about 20 minutes of it like, i fucking hate this and and i was listening to that that interview with him with uh with walter and he's just like oh look if you don't like the driver then like i can't help you like, <laughs> yeah. no, when you get that box set like, you really? need to revisit it that because, first like, 20 minutes is incredible it's sensational like i had not seen it since since home video and i admittedly probably like michael man's thief they both went over my head as a kid but upon revisiting it, it's just beautiful. It's just got that beautiful 70s crime film aesthetic where everything just plays out slowly, but really immerses you in that that universe. And yeah, I really, I think you didn't think much of Bruce. Did you not think much of Bruce Stern in this one, Glenn? I thought he was sensational. No, he annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, I I'm loved him. I loved him. Of times, but yeah, I've heard that he gives a really good, like, you know. I think he was great in it. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was terrific. But I mean, yeah, I went... I think shortly after that, I went on a bit of a binge of some of those, you know, even as far away. I, mean, I think I was going, doing quite a few James Kahn films, but I ended up redoing Rollerball. And Rollerball was a film that I grew up with and, you know, always had a fondness for, but never never thought it was amazing or a masterpiece. But upon revisiting that, I fucking loved it. I was well, like, I feel like I almost rewatched the remake. I feel <laughs> almost. like Bruce Dern almost set the um, stereotype for that kind of. Um... I don't know that detective that's too busy eating a fucking Vietnamese yes. bun roll. Yeah, you know, totally. You know, while he's investigating some kind of murder. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he's totally. arrogant and shit. And I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, he's, a, he's a real heel in it. That's it might have sure. been his personality, actually, Bruce Dern's personality coming through that I just didn't resonate. Didn't resonate with me. No, understandable. But Ben, it's definitely due for a rewatch. Perhaps you could be a guest on your future podcast. <laughs> And have maybe Two even Glenn can host that episode, and <laughs> you finally watch, you know, the driver. <laughs> now, the last thing I want to mention is a little bit of news, and it's a title that's just dropped in quickly out of nowhere, and it's Expandables Four, and it's coming out on 4K Blu-ray and DVD on December 13th. So it's a swift release, uh, and of course they're releasing a multi-pack with all four yeah. features. You on mean Expendables, right? 
Expandables. Expendables. That's it. Yeah. I've got a confession to make, gentlemen, and this is definitely not one for Ben's podcast, but I've not seen one of these movies. <laughs> I was going to say. And it's, it's wrong because I like so many people in it. I was gonna but say, I tried the first one on a plane and I I just couldn't get 20 minutes into it. I was just like, this is work. I want to be, I want to go to sleep, but this is actually boring me awake. How yeah. can all these people be in one movie and it not be any good? But, <laughs> I, you know, it's been a decade since maybe the first one, over a decade since the first one came out. So maybe it's due time that I actually sit down and give these well, that's films it. a that's chance. It's like last week you talked about Titanic. You didn't like that the first time. Well, this might no, be the same thing. True. It could very well be, but I don't know if they should even be put in the same sentences one another. You kind of hope that <laughs> the expandables, <laughs> not expendables. It's a, I know expendables, not expandables. Expandables would be like something you might buy at Sexyland. Oh, the but... expendables is what I call my pants after Christmas lunch. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what were you saying, Ben? Uh, I was going to say, hopefully, it's like Fast and the Furious, where it it takes up until number six to get good. Yeah, true, well, true. Right, exactly. Four, I waited. I waited for people to talk about you know that, and and I think it was literally the fourth or fifth film. And then I, due diligently, went back and rewatched all of them and went, well, not much chop, not much chop. Okay, <laughs> could have skipped all of these and just gone from here. But you know, look, I've done my, I've done the hard yards, but I haven't done Fast X yet. That's another title that I might rent for two dollars ninety nine. I probably need it in the collection. I've got all the other nine and the Hobbs and Shaw spin off. But I definitely want to try before I buy because I've got to get more selective with some of these titles. There's no more room left on the shelf, so maybe <laughs> there's a blank I shouldn't wall be buying you, the mate. Italian there's a blank job. wall behind you. Well, it's it looks like that, but really that's a thoroughfare. That's okay. the only way I can get to the titles. <laughs> I kind of need to set it up like Ben's um, library room, where I've got aisles here and there. But then you I need have to those, get one of those, those special um, lights. Those those shelves that you got the big wheel at the end. Yes, of, go up and I know. That would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, Danny, we're getting an extension to the house. Oh, where? Well, we need to take the ceiling up in this room because I really need to, <laughs> to store more of these releases so they're not all on the ground. Like, for instance, <laughs> this magnificent thing. Oh, my God. Look at this. Lovely. This thing is... Honestly, I didn't think this thing was going to be as amazing up, uh, as it is. Uh, release of possession for the people listening. Oh yeah, of course. For the listeners, it's the Umbrella <laughs> Collector's Edition. It, I don't think you can even order this anymore. It's probably off mm. the site because it was only on pre-order. But God, it's it's fantastic. Like it's just <laughs> actually on that topic and on the topic of possession. Um, have you gentlemen tried out Umbrella's streaming free streaming service yet, Broly? I've signed. I've, I've created an account and I've scrolled through it. Looks amazing. It's fan. Honestly, it is fantastic. Like Possessions, obviously on there, the new 4K remaster. Mm. But yeah, the the breadth of content on there, it's fantastic. Again, it's going to be a really good opportunity for consumers who are, you know, not sure if they want to go for <laughs> a deluxe edition. Dip the toes I, in, um, stream I, it for free, and decide if you want. I to sent buy it. it to Chloe and I said, "All those movies I talk about, check it. They're out. all on here, including <laughs> the iconic Australian classic." houseboat horror <laughs> well it's more i'm trying to get her onto the big steel that's that's where i'm at oh okay no fair enough yeah well get her with the big steel and then you know work it work the way to get to houseboat horror yep anyway gentlemen that's all i've got for you this week so until next time stay, stay physical, physical. <laughs> i don't think ben's microphone even picked that up no i didn't even hear anything come out of his mouth
Excellent. There we go. We're into the... <laughs> In this episode of Good Movie Monday, <laughs> Glenn learns how to clap. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Oh, fuck. Where are we up to, Ben? We're up to that part of the show where we talk about questions we put to people on Facebook. Yes. So every week now we do drop a question we ask you to answer. We had a massive response. And it's supposed to be related to the kind of sub-theme of the show, which we don't really announce kind of like we did in previous years. As I said at the start of this one, this one's a mixed bag. So It is, yeah. And uh, the, the theme of this... Like the, you know, we were looking for a theme and I said, you know, how about the two of us just watch movies from our collection that for whatever reason we we still haven't got around to see. Yep. I, I like doing these things because it forces me to actually watch <laughs> yeah, right. stuff I own because as I was explaining to someone the other day that uh, like I reckon on my Blu-rays, it's probably, I reckon I've seen about 30% of them. Yeah. Maybe more, maybe, maybe 40%. Sure. If you include DVD and VHS, I'd be lucky to make 2%, I reckon, <laughs> of what I've seen versus what I own. So it's always good to have an excuse to... Uh... Whereas, as you know, my collection, I um, I don't really build upon it very much. Like, it's it's a collection I've had for 20 yep. years and it, it's, it hasn't changed that much. And so I have seen most of them. I was going through looking for new things to watch. I'm like, I've, I've seen everything. Sure. I did. I well, did you worked in a... I think you worked in a video store for a lot longer than I did. And working yep. in a video store is a great way to kind of... And you just... Just by having stuff on in the store... Yeah you do tend to just get through everything. Like things that you wouldn't normally even, if you were just coming in as a customer, <laughs> you would, you'd go, you'd come in and you'd borrow like two new releases that week kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I've You're also, watching all of I've them. I've also got there. the problem is that like my work now actually carries me through the evening half the time. So I don't yeah. get any, any time to watch movies. But anyway, so what we did, we'll talk about those in a moment, but we yeah. asked a question on Facebook. I kind of rejigged the question because that's a tricky one to ask people. As I discovered, because I saw that question on Facebook, yeah. and so then I went around and asked some people I knew yeah. for that that the question the you know which <laughs> which turned into the apocryphal podcast that I keep talking about doing <laughs> uh, called the greatest movie you've never seen. Yep, uh, where every week I'll have a guest on and we'll talk about you know a particularly. Uh, big movie that they have never, for whatever reason, never got around to watching. Yep. And this is this is even worse because it's that movie that you actually own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes you've owned on multiple formats. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a mind-bender of a question. But the one we did pose on Facebook was, what's a big film you haven't seen? So yep. let's read through some of those. Um, we'll start off with our loyal listener, Brody Kane. He always kicks things off with The Godfather, which um, there's quite a few shockers in here. But at the mm. same time, you can't be shocked because everyone's, Fessing up to something like there's yeah. a lot of for movie lovers, there's a lot of pride at stake when you admit to something like this, right? Yeah, which is really weird because not everything's for everyone, yeah, and sometimes you just no, this is exactly what, what I something. was really hoping wouldn't happen, and I don't think it did. Was that people would admit to not having seen something I didn't want to pile on, I didn't want yeah. people saying, What do you mean you haven't seen it? You know, it's like, Yeah, yeah well, we're all fessing up to something here, so. Fuck off. Yeah. So Brody hasn't seen The Godfather. But I take that to mean that Brody has actually seen The Godfather parts two and three <laughs> <laughs> and just didn't bother watching the first one. He's well, like, I, mean, I skipped ahead. Needless to say, with most of these, we would recommend people do see them. Like Godfather's pretty good. Yeah. So Jake Godbold, who's, um, he's from Kentucky. He's part of the Scarefest mob over there. He hasn't seen The Thing. And this is a guy that the is... The original or the John Carpenter? John Carpenter's The Thing. And this is a guy that 
knows his horror inside Has he seen out. the remake, the sequel, I don't the know. more recent one? He didn't go that far into his the detail, <laughs> yeah. detail, but he's a guy that knows horror inside and out, so that really did surprise me, but um, I love that he admitted to that, and um, here we go, Matthew Holmes, once again, director of The Cost, he hasn't seen Citizen Kane. Yeah, well, don't waste your time, mate, it's fine. <laughs> I would say do. Um, <laughs> You'll get nothing out of it. And look, he said he probably... Except you'll understand all those Simpsons jokes when they talk about Rosebud. That's true. <laughs> and Barney when he's it's, Yeah. Like, watch RKO281. You get a lot more out of that than you get watching Citizen Kane. Um, I love Citizen Kane. And he admitted that he hasn't seen any Harry Potter movies, but he probably won't ever either. So. No point. No, that's fine. That is fine. Read the books, maybe. Uh, Tony McCullen has come in with Citizen Kane as well. Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Sound of Music. Do not bother with The Sound of Music. I have never seen The Sound of Music either. I I'm hate su- it. I'm surprised. Like I had to, I had to, and I'm surprised about Rocky Horror Picture Show and Sound of Music only because, like, I had to actively avoid watching Sound of Music because that and Rocky Horror Picture Show were on TV seemingly <laughs> three or four times a year, and back when you only had four channels. Yep. Yep. So it was hard to avoid. Like, if you didn't want to watch the football, you kind of had to watch Sound of Music or do something stupid like read a book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd rather do anything but watch the Sound of Music. Fuck I've sake. never seen it. I, I, would, I, should wa- I feel like I should watch it just to be in on most of the jokes. Yeah. But, you know, for in, in primary school, we had to sing Do Re Mi as part of music. Fuck so. no, thank you. I mean, I need to um, revisit it like simply I, uh, to make sure I'm still hating appropriately. <laughs> Um, here's one that really did uh, shock me. So good old Sean Crawford, old co-host of the previous show. Clockwork himself. Who, who he has a very similar sensibility to me when it comes to action movies and thrillers. He hasn't seen Taxi Driver. Wow. I know. That surprised me. Not going to pile on. But damn, if I was going to. surprising. <laughs> like, but, you know, I honestly, I wonder, like I saw Taxi Driver the first time at a sleepover. Wow. So I was not in control of what we watched. Yep. I don't know. I'm, I assume it would be. Mm. But like I, I watched about three quarters of Mean Streets and I was like, yeah, I can give or take this. <laughs> I, I've never seen Raging Bull. Haven't you? Jeez. No. Not so I, like, I, I, like, would, I ever, <laughs> would I have ever seen Taxi Driver without... Uh, mm. Well, p- that's... Probably. That, just being who Sean is, that surprised me. Yeah. I, I love the... He admitted that. Chloe jumped in with Gone With The Wind... And a lot of others. <laughs> yep. Anything made pre two thousand. <laughs> no, she's all over old classical musicals and shit like that. Like she goes back to the forties right. and forties and loves all that stuff. Uh, Gregory Moss, um, he is another loyal listener. He listens to every single word we say. Um, writer of the cost, he has come in with the Exorcist, which surprises me. Uh, and that's the only one he fessed up to. Uh, <laughs> he said, don't hate me. The well, only the, you got to choose the biggest one. The though. only reason being the wealth of information I've read over the years makes me feel like I have already seen it. Um, and I actually feel like watching it would be kind of redundant. <laughs> it could only disappoint at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, yeah, so most of the, the rest of the comments were interactions with those, which is fantastic because that's what we want to see on our Facebook page is people engaging. I love it. See, well, I... Disagreed with the with the rejigging of the question. Not really, but I was like, that's not the question. That's not what we're talking about in the show. <laughs> no, you just so didn't understand I, what I was doing. No, I did. Okay. I understand that you dumbed it down for the audience because I you're like, dumb what, not dumb it down, but you're like, what's going to fit into a banner? Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand. But people don't have collections like ours is the thing. Like, well, that too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I, I went and asked a, like a bunch of movie heads. Mm. 
to see what they said. Like, unfortunately, a lot of them didn't get back to me. I did leave it rather late because. Does that I, say I more about you or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Nathaniel Thompson of uh, Mondo Digital. <laughs> yes. Uh, for him, it was Battle of Our Years. He's had that. He's had a copy of. So this this is what we've had in our collections for years. Yep. Through multiple formats, never actually seen. Yep. As Jarrett said on last week's show, he's had the Man with No Name trilogy on all the formats and yeah. still hasn't watched well, them. Kate Fitzpatrick from Miff and Jarrett had the same film, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh right. Never seen them. Uh, Stuart Simpson, uh, the director of Dragon Force X, yes, is the Spiral Staircase from the forties. That uh, which is like a super, yeah, kind of uh, seminal noir film. He who has uh, directed one of my favourite Australian films, Chocolate Strawberry Vanilla. Chocolate Strawberry Vanilla. That is true. Uh, correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alexandra Heller Nicholas, uh, yes. Takeaway, which I, I was like, you mean the, the Australian Takeaway? No. <laughs> I, was, I had to get clarification. Like, surely it's not this one. I drove past uh, the shops from Takeaway the other day. Oh, really? They're at near Q. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you uh, throw that? So it was you who threw the petrol bomb at them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do I need to cut this from the show? No. You're never going to listen to it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Fire but uh, So I'm curious. <laughs> so we did set this challenge for ourselves. What did you end up uh, watching? Um, okay. Uh, I'm still getting over that last bit. Oh, I'm just thinking about the repercussions. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I think actually... I never have to worry about me getting the show cancelled. That's a good thing, at least. Alrighty, so I went back and watched... No, I'm, my, my, my insults are specific. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are. Um... <laughs> I went and watched Lucky Day, the Roger Avery movie, which is oh, the okay. the semi sequel to Killing Zoe, which is a fantastic film for the nineties that Quentin Tarantino produced. And look, I loved it. I really did. I'd heard a lot of bad things, so I purchased it really cheap, uh, just because I wanted this semi sequel. And then I read all these online reviews and comments and people telling me how shit it is, don't bother with it. So I, I just left it alone and this was my opportunity. And tell you what, it's fantastic. It's you loved it? Good old Aussie Luke Bracey, isn't it? Uh, he's the lead and he's a real thuggish. He's an Aussie in it, but he's real thuggish. Just got out of prison. Um, and so a real a real Australian. A real Australian, yeah. And you've got Crispin Glover as this serial killer who thinks he's French, but he's not. That is just... It's one of his best roles. Right. It's fantastic. Um, Nina Dobrev I don't know if you're aware of her I am uh, She's from Was it Vampire Diaries Or something like that well, I, I just know her from being on talk shows But okay. yeah I think, I think <laughs> yeah. Vampire Diaries Was the yeah. thing that Or uh, One of those kids shows Like Yeah Victory or Justice Or something like that Yes um, <laughs> She's great band. And apparently she speaks fluent French In real life So she's a real asset to it And David Hewitt Who I love Canadian actor David Hewitt Oh yeah From, from uh, Pinhead Cube, Cube and things like that He's Pinhead in Pinhead in pin, sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's, pin. Yeah, He's the pinhead in pin. Yes. Um, and that's all I remember from the cast. But this movie is was written as a direct sequel. And by the time it made theatrical, only the names had been changed, but the characters are supposed to be the same. So right. I think um, Eric Stoltz in Killing Zoe, his name was Zed or Red, one or the You're other. You're the only person I've ever met who calls it Killing Zoe. I used to call it Killing Zoe all the time until I heard Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino talk about it and they call it Killing Killing Zoe. Zoe. Yep. Anyway, so Zed and Red are the same character but their names have changed. 
and I can't remember what the female's name was, but it sounds the same as the original Julie Delpy character, which is Nina Dobrev. And so he gets out of jail and he's forced back into the safe cracking world against his uh, will. And um, and yeah, that's then he's got Crispin Glover coming after him for some past crime that he committed that we don't know about at this point in time. So yeah, and it feels like Pulp Fiction and heaps of fun. See the I watched I watched Killing Zoe at the time mm-hmm. when it came out on video. Yep, not theatrical. And it's another one. It sits there in Strangeland uh, for movies I don't like because everyone in it is super sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's show too. Yeah, yeah. they're sweaty. <laughs> like Jean Hughes Anglade is like, I mean, they're all like, you know, drugged up to their eyeballs and doing coke left, right, and center. Yep. But they're all super sweaty, and yeah. watching it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. This movie's not as grotty as that one. It's right. much more glitzy and a little bit glamorous, more Hollywood. I think we've moved past that kind of heroin chic of the yeah, because that nineties drug stuff's not in this one at yeah. all, at all. Um. Do you want the second one I watched as well or just yeah. the first? No, no. So the second both. one I went to um, is Brick Towers, the one with Paul Walker that was written by Luke Besson. It's a remake of District 13. District, yeah, D13. Yeah, D13. Um, look, pretty good. Not a patch on the original because I have seen the original. But, does he know. do the? Uh, does he have the parkour stuff like he does in the original? Because there's two guys from Die Hard 4.0 or Live Free and Die Hard <laughs> yeah. who are bouncing off the walls and stuff. That's yes, the whole kinda. It's kinda in there. Right. It's it's a different beast. I think I have seen it. It is a yeah. different beast and it feels very direct to video, I guess you would say. Maybe a yeah. bit better quality than that. But Paul Walker spends the first fifteen to twenty minutes in disguise. So he's got darker hair and he's got contacts in to make his eyes brown. He's got that uh <laughs> that what the nose from the <laughs> But the what thing is, is it, uh, the thing is though, like he looks better that way. Not Henry Mancini. What's the guy the composer? Oh, yeah, it's Henry Mancini, isn't it? No, 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 but who's the composer that they made the movie of with... Uh, oh, Maestro? Yeah, and um, <clears throat> Bernard Herrmann or yeah. someone like... Bernstein? Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. Yeah. El- yeah. <laughs> Elmore Bernstein, <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. yeah, and what's-his-name has the big fake nose <laughs> yes. and they're, they're, everyone's... They call it the Junos. The Junos, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so if he doesn't have... The, does he have the Junos in Brick Towers when <laughs> no, he's in disguise? No. But I'll tell you what, he looks better in disguise and when he took it off, I'm like, oh, like... It's just Paul Walker. That kind of had me, you know, in. Like, yeah. <laughs> and look, it's as, yeah, like I said, it's not as good as the original and the original had a sequel too, which I haven't seen. Yes. Haven't Maybe that's seen. the D13. Maybe. I think there's District 13 and then D13 or something like that is the sequel. Yeah. Something have, like that. I haven't seen the follow-up. But anyway, Brick Towers, it wasn't <clears> too bad. I've had it on Blu-ray for years. And um, when I opened it up, it still had the old uh, video store sticker in the middle. Lovely. It's one the I, round one. It's one I pinched from the video store when I had it. Or when I closed it When down. you closed it? <laughs> yes. You didn't actually steal it. I retained it. You retained it. Yes. I always that one. And what's the other Paul Walker one that came out around the same time? Run? Was it Run or something like that? Mm. Where he's like a mob guy who, oh, like he's like a drug courier kind of thing. Yeah, and he takes a bunch of money or loses some money and then has to go on the run. Don't know if that's the title, but that. But it was, a re- it was around the same time. Yes. It was kind of like between Fast and Furious movies. That synopsis is really familiar. Yeah, yeah. It was Paul Walker's uh, the Halcyon days of Paul <laughs> Walker's career. <laughs> so um, what do you got there? <laughs> I caught up with first. <laughs> I only. I actually. I did. It's a. I watched this uh, the VHS of it. I only got this recently. A friend of mine, Joel Brenner, gave me a bag of tapes that he was getting rid of, and I didn't even notice this one in it. That's until, what I call a friend, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> uh, until I was sorting them out over the 
over the last weekend. And I was like, I was, I don't know why I was curious to read the back, uh, but I was, and I was like, I've got to watch this. <laughs> it's called Flinch. Uh, it stars Gina Gershon and Judd Nelson, and it's po- po- possibly the, the greatest thing that Nick Mancuso has ever done. Uh, he's the villain. And ba- <laughs> I'll just read you the, the, the synopsis on the back. It'd be much better than me mangling it. Please. Uh, Christmas is coming, and Harry and Daphne are working as live mannequins in a department store window display. It's a pretty boring job until late one night on the deserted street in front of their window, a violent murder takes place. <laughs> a woman is strangled on the other side of the glass and there's nothing they can do about it. As the murderer leaves the scene, he glances back at the window where Harry and Daphne, terrified, freeze in their poses. The next night, the murderer returns. He studies them in the window and is still convinced that they're mannequins until Harry flinches. <laughs> now the chase is on and this stylized thriller in, two, in true... Uh, in true Hitchcock tradition, which is complete horseshit, but <laughs> and the synopsis is actually slightly better than the uh, than the film actually yep. is, yep. but it's still pretty intense. Gina Gershon is outrageously stunning in this film, mm-hmm. and she's pretty, she's pretty, <laughs> she gives a pretty funny performance. Judd Nelson is kind of like very on that kind of from the hip. Isn't what was like, that school? Where he's kind of in his loser mode. Isn't it really funny how like a all the hundreds of thousands of actors in this world, Judd Nelson gets raised on this show quite a lot. Quite a lot. I yeah. don't understand, but he does. Uh, <laughs> and it's directed by uh, George Ershbarmer, who really is famous for directing Lorenzo Lamar movies. Uh, he did the, the Snake Eater, the Snake Eater movies, and uh, Final Round. Yeah, and I think he's, I think he's like a, a cinematographer or something else. Like is his kind of main bread and butter, and he just got these and a lot of TV, like especially. You know, 90s episodic tropical Acapulco yep. heat type yep. TV shows. Uh, so, yeah, that one that one's great. It's on, you can actually watch it. I did see it it's on YouTube, so you can... Uh, Wicked. You can give it a watch. So, Nick Mancuso is the uh, is the killer. He's like a tortured sculptor. So, it's kind of like Vincent Price in uh, House of Wax mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, he's like, he, <laughs> he almost breaks out in song and dance. He doesn't quite... But in the finale, it gets pretty close when he completely loses his mind. Uh, but it's pretty interesting. May I just say what I love about you bringing that VHS in? I love it when they've got that dust on top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I have not cleaned it since you gave it no, to no, me. No, no, no. You don't want to. That dust is permanent. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the second film I bought, primarily I bought this a while ago on the recommendation of Matt O'Neill, stand-up comedian uh, Matt O'Neill, who said this was his, one of, possibly his favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. And it is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, wow. which is one of those great zombie films. It's a Spanish, <laughs> it's a Spanish production where no one seemingly speaks English in the film, and they've just overdubbed it with really bad English <laughs> yep. kind of accents. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's basically this 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 couple meet on the road on their way to uh, this small town uh, in in the you know Yorkshire or. Somewhere in the country, 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 uh, England, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a there's a company like a, a agricultural company uh, who've got these trucks around, and they've got this device that uses uh, sonic sound waves to cause all of the pests and stuff in the grass to go insane and kill each other. <laughs> so they they're, they're testing it out as mm. um, a kind of as this. Pesticide. Yep. What they don't know is that it also raises the dead. I love it. 
And so then there's this kind of, and of course the Why cops, yeah, and the, the cops for some reason that like there, there is a one that they, they go to visit, they're visiting the, the girls' friends live in a kind of this remote kind of house, and when they go there, of course they've been killed by well one of them has been killed by a zombie but the 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 girlfriend is also a junkie mm-hmm. so the police don't believe her and they they think it's the the couple who have come to visit they they think they're like these young hippie satanists from the city who have uh, committed the act so they basically the cops are constantly on them and blaming them for all the mayhem caused by the zombies and the zombies are pretty much unstoppable like yeah. shooting them in the head none of that stuff works with these guys nothing keeps them down uh, and you know they, but they do all of the cool stuff like rip, rip people's guts open and, and eat the insides, and it's it's quite gory, quite bloody. Excellent. Uh, is there nudity? Oh, kind of, but yes, not really. I'm at that point where I have been fatigued by the zombie genre, but that makes me want to climb back in. Like, yeah, uh, and they're not they're not fast zombies. They're yeah. not. Uh, yeah, they just. Like, I don't like new zombies. Yeah. They just kind of turn up, but they're basically indestructible. And you know, of course, <laughs> there is a great you know cemetery sequence. And the cop, the cop is a real son of a bitch. And it's really that kind of, you know, 70s, uh, 70s cop. I love your emphasis on kind that. Kind of, yeah. Like, <laughs> son of a bitch. He's a real son of a bitch kind of, you know, doesn't believe it, you know, completely discards everything that they say. And just because they, you know, the guy's got a leather jacket and rides a motorcycle. So he's he's obviously scum. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's, it's from a time in the UK where the cops, you know, before... Yeah, because I watch a lot of Bill before Pace, before uh, all, you know, all of the you know the you know the rights of the uh, criminals were uh, considered uh, worth enforcing. Uh, so he routinely threatens to kill the kid, the, the guys, and slaps them around and amazing stuff. It's great. Love it's it. love it. It is excellent. Definitely nice. worth checking out. And there's a lovely. A lovely new Blu-ray of this has come out thanks to Synapse Films. I think I don't even know if it got released here on on VHS. I don't know if it ever, it's ever come out locally. What's the name again? Uh, the Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Yeah. Oh, so they're in Manchester. That's in country Manchester. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Nice long segment. The best kind. Can't remember. 
passing car There we go. Nothing like a little bit of Arcade Fire, Suburban War from the movie Boyhood. Thought I'd throw that in. Just the mixed bag quality of the show here. Like, there's no reason or rhyme for that. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, once every seven years. That's right. Yeah. So um, come back in a few years' time and we'll play the game. Uh, we, we're up to that point of the show where we do an interview. And Nicole Pasta is a fantastic actress who's in the brand new Christmas movie, Christmas. I love this time of year, Ben. It's when the Christmas movies come out and we get to watch Christmas stuff. The beginning of December. It still feels. I started it, early this year. First I guess it still time feels ever. A little, uh, still feels a little early, but we don't have Thanksgiving. No, it's not a thing for us. No. So you know, ex- so it's great that that Eli Roth has thanks has uh, <laughs> has uh, Thanksgiving out, and you, you know, know happy like, days for all the Americans. I do look. I, I have always been a traditionalist in that I don't start doing Christmas until December. However, this year I went way early simply because there's so much bullshit going on around the world and there's this fucking ugliness everywhere that in our house we felt like we just need some fucking pep. Some cheer. Some cheer. So that's what we did. But um, also it's that time of year where we get to watch Christmas movies. And Ben, this year, unlike previous years, we haven't been that festive on the show or we don't plan to be. 
No, we, we kind of save it all just for that one episode, really. We're not even doing that this year. We're no. not having a Christmas episode. It'll be a little bit festive, but it's going to be an end-of-year blowout, essentially. Best of, stuff like that. Uh, so this is our chance to do a little bit of a Christmas dive. She's in the new movie, as I said, Christmas, which is directed by Heath Davis. Um, he's a director I really like. He made a movie a few years ago called Broke, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and he did one called Locusts. And this new one he's just taken around the world and premiered in America and had some fantastic um, responses for. And I um, I pulled Nicole aside for a chat to talk about it. So here it is. And join us on the other end for some uh, for some bonehead. Who knows what they're up to this week? More, more titty talk? <laughs> Nicole, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Yeah, great. I'm great. I'm happy to, to, to be here with you. Thank you so yeah. much. No, chuffed to be talking. Um, you and I have sort of, you know, crisscrossed on socials, you know, a little bit in the past. So I'm great to finally have a chance to talk to you. Um, yeah, likewise. No, thank you. Before we do this, I just want to sort of uh, touch upon the cost for a moment because you've had a belter of a year, these two movies coming out. And um, anyone that listens to this show knows how much I've been sort of championing the cost. I love it. And I think that you were a really big part of that success. So I just want to say congratulations on that one. Um, never had a chance to talk to you about it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, um, you know, from from as soon as Matt reached out about the script and about the role, it, I was in, you know. I love stuff that is just, you know, raw, really digging deep, not the, not the you know, happy kind of story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love stuff that you can just really get, really get, um, you know, that's it's meaty, gritty. And um, yeah, I was just like, when am I going? I'm going to pack my bags now. Um, I mean, that being said, I didn't get to do that because it, it took a you know bit of back and forth, but now we finally got there and it was just great to be a part of yeah, and, cool. and the, real, the actors and, and everyone involved. The really weird thing about yeah. that movie is the, the heavy scenes there where you, you get abducted. That's my old stripper shops. That's like my old neighborhood. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was pretty intense to to film, but I mean... You know, working with I only got to work with Kevin, so I never met the other the other actors until the cast and crew screening. Um, but heard a lot about them. But um, you know, working with someone who straight away we really connected, really clicked. I mean, we didn't really have a choice because we were like, I think we we're having a slice of pizza and we we're like, cool, let's get into it. And um, but you know, straight away there was lots of trust there and um communication and same with you know with Matthew, who he's an incredible director and yeah, so you know, doing a scene like this, I, I felt really safe and in good hands, and um, I'd do it all over again. They do speak highly of you on the commentary about all of that stuff, so it's worth a listen to everybody that's listening. But let's talk Christmas. This is why you're here. This is a new dramatic comedy, I guess you'd say, from Heath Davis, who is the guy that gave us Broke and Locust, um, two fantastic films. Christmas movies are my jam. Nicole, like I, I particularly love when they creep up on you and give you something completely different that you weren't expecting. What was the first thing that struck you about the script for Christmas? Uh, you, know, it was just, it was just different. It wasn't like a story or a script that I've read before. Um, Heath is really good with that nice balance and contrast with, you know, the drama, the comedy. Um, I think it just played out really nicely, and it was a nice. It was a really great. Um, I mean, firstly, it wasn't a horror or. Or, or a thriller so it was nice to kind of read something <laughs> that I, you know something different because I can do more than than just that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
it was just nice to throw in something that that also my family can watch too because my mom's like you know when are you going to do something that I can watch <laughs> um so she'll she'll be at the premiere for this but um but yeah no it was a really really great uh really great role something I hadn't um you know touched on before and it was just a no-brainer because the actors involved I mean I'm like wow these are legends and um and Heath has has done some incredible um incredible projects and, and films so just to be a part of it i'm like wow this is this is really cool <laughs> yeah for sure are christmas movies your jam like do you do you dig them in in general i mean a lot of them are really corny but <laughs> sometimes it's nice to just switch off and just watch just a, a light film so yep. i do watch them i do yeah, watch them. Totally. i try to you know horrors and thrillers are my go-to genre just mm -hmm. naturally i i naturally just you know, love the darker subjects, but I do try and balance out my mental health with with some good, um, some good lighter films. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Christmas is the only time you can watch Christmas movies, so I love them. That's why I lap them up. Yeah, um, and it's a great time that it's that it's you know that's it's why well, I think it uh, tonight is is the the premiere up in the Gold Coast. So go. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I hope it's good. <laughs> it is. <No. laughs> it is. <laughs> I've heard really good things about it, so I'm really excited to see it. And um, got some got some mates going to tonight's one. So awesome! Uh, no, I I loved it. Um, but like you said, you're amongst an incredible cast here. Um, Stephen um, Lamarckand, and uh, he's one of the great Australian unsung heroes. I love him. He's brilliant. Um, but then you also share screen time with um, can't I can never pronounce his surname, but uh, Darren Gillishan. Darren. <laughs> yeah. I'm let's not going to attempt it. I think it sounded right. Let's just um, say Dazza. <laughs> Dazza. Um, yeah, no, I wish I had more screen time with Darren. He was great. Um, it was, you know, it was just a little bit of screen time, but I mean, I'm not complaining. He, he's he's fantastic. Um, and Steve is uh, <laughs> such a beautiful soul and, yeah. and so talented. And so working with him, I mean, I, I was just pinching myself because I was like, this this man is, is a legend. He is so talented yep um it was just it they was are, amazing they are both incredible performers two of the the most underrated aussie actors that i can think of and what i love about both of them is how they're like chameleons they can go from really badass evil kind of characters to really soft beautiful kind of characters um particularly darren like and just watching them on screen together was just incredible you must have felt really lucky Oh, I I'm, I feel so lucky. I'm very grateful to have that that opportunity to to be up there and and I have my name up there with with such yeah, like you said, you know, really um, underrated but amazing actors. Yeah, so. and you also had Hannah Joy in there. I've got to touch upon that because you know she's from Middle Kids. If anyone's into music and know them, she's in this film and she sings in this film. There's music. Um, you didn't get to share a lot of screen time with her, but you know she's worth drawing attention to. Um, did you have much interaction with her? I think just just behind the scenes, you know, yeah. we got chatting and, uh, you know, she's just, I mean, just seeing bits and pieces of what I did with her performing. She's so natural and, you know, she really kills it in this role. So I can't wait for, for audiences to see her in this because I think she's just amazing and she's just so kind. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't actually know much about middle kids until until I, you know, met her and, and mm -hmm. I listened to her. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the way they incorporated her singing into the film without it being really kitschy or hokey. Like, it actually, it's contextual and it really adds a lot of gravitas to the film. It's good stuff. Mm, I think watching, watching her perform and watching Steve perform um, with, with you know, some of the music is that that was a highlight. That was Yeah, cool. right. And she's 
Yeah, totally. Uh, how, how did you get involved with the film? Like, was it through audition? And, and if so, what do you think that they saw in you? Uh, I had, I think it was a, a lady called Bina. She's she's a she's a director and um, producer as well. And um, she actually, I think it was from her. She, I got a message from her, and she said, "Have you have you seen have you seen this? Like, hmm. you know, the, this casting call." And I and I hadn't. And and so I pretty sure I reached out to to Heath straight away and um and he said look read the script you might not like it and um, <laughs> I was like no I actually do um and so I self-taped and um you know I was really happy with 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 what I put down um and um and obviously he was too and yeah we we met up for coffee and um I think they would have seen um you know it was really I mean it was a really quick turnaround but it was a really raw um strong performance that they would have you know mm -hmm. i'm sure they would have seen um yep. that uh yeah that i think just really stood out and and um you know obviously was a good fit so it certainly was like you're really really well cast in this one what's um what's heath like to work with oh it's so easy actors director very um you know he's got a good eye got a good vision knows what he wants mm -hmm. um he's not happy with anything i mean because i'm always one to you know i'm happy to kind of go again um and uh yeah just really easy i'd love yeah. to work with him again. he's a very down-to-earth guy i've had a few um interactions yeah. with him online yeah I, I dig what he does too like broke the film he did with steven a few years ago was just amazing um and he's been on social media lately, Heath. He's been um, taking the film to the US at various film festivals, and it looks like the response over there has been incredible. He's been rubbing rubbing elbows with some big people. Yeah, it's been great just to kind of live vicariously through him and his socials. Um, it's just amazing. I'm so glad, like, for him and, and everyone involved. Yeah, so I, glad I wonder what the Americans make of, like, an Australian Christmas. Like, it's hot. <laughs> it's like it's ochre. Like, I can't even comprehend how they, they must think it's quirky. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's good because it's just like, well, look at what, you know, Australia can do and produce. And uh, yeah, I mean, good <laughs> for Heath. You know, he's really making waves with this one. So yeah, yeah for sure. All right, let's um, let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to get a little bit more general and just um, get to know you a little bit. So what type of movies do you gravitate towards when you're in your downtime, if you have much downtime? Look, um, <laughs> it's really rare these days, but um, I, I love I love zoning out. I love watching films. Um, I'm very old school. I watch a lot of cult classics, you know, Vincent Price, um, wow. Hitchcock. Um, you know, one of my favorite films is Young Frankenstein. With <laughs> yeah. My yes. absolute favorite. So, you know, that's that humor, um, that, that, that kind of acting style, like that's just my favorite, but I'll, you know, I love, um, I watch a lot of anything Steve Martin's in Shirley MacLaine. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really old school. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a recommendation that you may have seen it. So Gene Wilder followed up Young Frankenstein with a movie he directed himself called um, Sherlock Holmes's Younger Smarter Brother. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, gosh. It's got Madeline Kahn and it's got all the cast from Young Frankenstein and it was made pretty much back to back. It's well worth oh, a look. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I've missed that. But yeah, no, I'm going to be I'm making a mental note now. <laughs> there we go. It's committed. It's committed to video. <laughs> I'll report back. We'll, we'll get together in a year and we'll, uh, we'll touch base on that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to be in a lot of other films that we're going to have to talk about. So yes, let's do yeah, that. Um, so other than Young Frankenstein, do you have like an old time favorite, even if it's a guilty pleasure, something that as a little girl that you love maybe? Oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... 
I can't narrow it down because I've, I've gone through phases like sometimes I'll like re-watch things I mean obviously Young Frankenstein I'd you know I've, I'll re-watch but um oh gosh musicals yeah I, I, I seem to go back to musicals mm -hmm. uh, you know Chicago Sweet Charity yeah um, Moulin Rouge I don't know I've got to, I'm a sucker for like musicals yeah absolutely they're great why would you <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like musicals are what like um you know thespians should be into like it's it's covers all bases doesn't it i used to you know i used to i danced for for god 12 years or something so i think that that's where my love of dance was oh, shit. So need, need to find you a musical can you sing um i did go to a performing arts school for for all three so um it's you can, there you can yeah uh, i'm sure Modest. it's there i, think <laughs> <soon. laughs> I uh, mean if anyone's listening i mean hire me <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right. That this is, <laughs> if anything, this is a pitch right now. Um, okay. Was there like um, an actor that inspired you to get into acting? Was there someone that you looked up to and thought, "I want to do that"? You know, I think it wasn't one. It wasn't one person. I think it always changed. So every time I watch a film, I wanted to be that. I wanted to 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 take on. You know, I'd walk out the cinema thinking that I was that person. You yeah. know, I, I remember watching. Um, Oh, what was it? Um, Peter Pan at the time with was it Jeremy Sumter? Jeremy Sumter mm. and this is going back. A... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the yeah, um, yeah. Jason Isaac played Hook. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I was obsessed with that film, and I just came out thinking I was like Wendy. Or then you know I'd watched Legally Blonde, and I was like, well, actually, it wasn't to be an actor; it was just to to be these people. I watched Legally Blonde, and I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Or I'd watch this and I'm like, I'm going to be this. And, uh -huh. um, and then I kind of like, you know, fell into acting, you know, 12 years ago or so now and, and, um, realized, oh, you can, you can be anything you can yeah. do, anything. you can create and, and, um, yeah, no, it, yeah. So it wasn't really a definitive, like just that one person. No, but that's a really cool answer. Like most people Thanks. don't say that. And that's like legit cool. Like for sure. <laughs> I mean, we all, as kids, we all wanted to be things, but you actually chased it. It was great. And you're yeah. everything. You can do anything. I can do anything. <laughs> Put that quote on the screen. <laughs> uh, look, before we before we wrap it up, this is um, where I wanted to ask you what else is coming up because you always seem to have something on the go. So is there anything you can tell us about? I'm sure there's some things you can't. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of things are under wraps. I hate being that person's like, I can't tell you. I'm, I really it's not like that. <laughs> That's but, fair. You know, I am. Um, I um. I've got freelance uh, directed by John Belaz that's in post-production. Adam awesome. LaRusso produced that as well as the cost. So that's in post at the moment, which is which is really exciting. Um, I mean, every single scene of that, which I think people are going to love because they're just going to get sick of me. <laughs> um, so no, I'm really excited for that one to come out. But um, yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm leading and producing a, uh, a short horror film um, with Luke Creeley, who directed They Can't Hear You with Pete Grace Moon uh, a few years ago. And so we're doing that in January. Um, and I've, I've just optioned a drama script that I'm um, also producing. So uh, as well as a few other things. It's, That's yeah, awesome. Not... Like heaps going on. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you, you mentioned short film there, and I'm just going to add something to this conversation because you worked with um, Alex Proyas a few years ago on a short film. What's yeah. he like to work with? I've had a conversation with him. I've interviewed him on the show before. Um, I think he's a really cool guy. Was he fun to work with? Yeah, he was so approachable, really down to earth, and just kind of hanging out with him on a you know handful of sporadic days you know, during COVID, just trying to 
to to film this he was great and just the story you know we could just listen to the stories that he had to share and the knowledge yeah he was he was great to work i like with. just to think i'm working with the guy that made the crow that you know made dark city like that's just phenomenal phenomenal i ticked that box that was you've ticked a few boxes by now and there's many more to tick i'm sure thanks so much for joining us on the show because like <laughs> i've wanted to speak to you for a long time and, and get you on the show and as you keep jumping from success to success i want to get you back on to talk about those too thanks glenn thank you so much for having me welcome to bonehead weekly fun size and this week gentlemen we're gonna snort a line off of james's ample bosom once again why ample because i want a sample now we're going to talk about movies with some, was it great drug scenes or the best drug scenes in movies? I don't you think want to we say can it? say best. I don't, I'm not comfortable with movies best. that I have don't. a really cool uh, use of drugs. Oh, I am going with Gary Oldman in The Professional. Oh, yes. <laughs> he likes his drugs. The way he just, it, what he does when he pops those pills in his mouth and grinds them and does that thing with his neck. It fascinates me. That <laughs> whole... I want to see if it works that way. Hold on. I just now want to do the Benoit Blanc. Don't make no sense. Compels me, though. Yeah, it does. Because it's like instantaneous. And I don't think there's a drug in the world that has that instantaneous. But Gary Oldman pulls it off. And just to see every time I have watched that scene. And, you know, most everybody talks about John. Uh, oh, crap. John O'Crap of the no, Westminster. Jean Reno? Jean Reno and, uh, uh, oh my God, Andy Natalie Portman. Andy playing that 13-year-old girl. Th those are the only people they talk about. They don't talk no, about Andy Gary Oldman's villain's performance, and it's amazing, and his use of popping those pills is just phenomenal. Okay. Who's next? So, well, I have two. The best one, oh man, oh, I, I want to say Blue Velvet and, Leaving Las, and, and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But honestly, what I really want to talk about is when I look this up, you all know I tend to Google. They had two or three movies about glorifying drugs, and one of them was Requiem for a Dream. No one ever watched that movie in her right mind and said, let's do drugs. Now, yeah, that is actually the best way to get people not to. Not to do drugs. Fear and Loathing, yes, that looks like a cool weekend. And and yeah, Pineapple Express, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate to start naming them, but... No one ever thought that. What a stupid What are you doing? Just name stupid. one. <laughs> I've named several, but I wanted to do something different with this. And when we do a longer episode, you'll hear me about it. But yeah, I don't know. Blue Velvet. I'll F anything that moves. Him, the not the nitrous. Mommy. Mommy. Oh, God. I love that scene. Love it. Love it. Love it. James. You know, I'm going to go uh, with a movie I've mentioned before, but I think the fact that you could argue the drug use is pivotal to the beautiful closing scene of this film. And I love the fact that, you know, after he downs a bottle of vodka in rage and grief, that uh, he goes out, he kills the guys that are involved, and then he samples their drugs. I'm talking, of course, about Mandy. Yeah. Nick Cage <laughs> losing his mind and knowing, <laughs> knowing that that stuff messed people up and made them brutal and all that stuff but he wants that at that time he needs to go with it crazy as they are to make them pay and then you could argue does that tie into what he sees at the end of the film well i don't know but it is 
it is one of the few times where I'm like, well, I guess at this point, as a character, you might as well. Yeah. All right. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Not telling you to not do drugs. Don't don't do drugs. You'll end up like us. We're not telling you not. To we do don't drugs. do them. We're just. I think that's up correct. Not no, I don't do, think you. Not to tell you to not to do drugs. I think you mean not nary none none such. No. Say no, New Zealand. Thank you, Boneheads. You know where to find them. Anywhere you get podcasts from, particularly YouTube, because you can watch them. You can watch him fantasize over titties. James's titties, that is. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be thinking about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to recommend some movies, Ben. Uh, I'll go first. You go first. Asps. Very dangerous. <laughs> you go first. I discovered a film only a few nights ago on Amazon Prime that apparently had only just dropped very recently. Like, is it Love at First Sight? Because I watched that as well. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Landscape with Invisible Hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a great title. It is a total blind watch. Um, it was purely the thumbnail that got me. I'm like, okay, let's give this a go. It's from the director of Bad Education. I don't know if you watched that a few years ago, but it stars Asante Black, Kylie Rogers, Tiffany Haddock, and Michael Gandolfini. Bad Education or this one? No, this one. This <laughs> one stars them, and it's from the director of Bad Education. <laughs> but this movie is so fucking weird. It's sort of a uh, a dystopian future where Earth has been overruled by weird aliens. And these aliens, when I say weird... Sexy aliens? No, dude. They look like a cross between... I don't know, like a snail and a pug dog. Like they're really grotty. And Are they? Because you know what really shits me these days. <laughs> I'm gear. I am gearing up. We were talking about off off mic just yeah. before about how I've subscribed to Apple Plus. Yeah. And I do want to watch that Invasion TV show with Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. And the aliens in that, they, they look like the creatures from the Wall, and all. They, yeah. they all look the fucking same. Yeah, now. No, They've no, got this these, kind of bullshit CG. These are aliens that you've never seen before, right, right. Um, and the effects are great. Like their their conception is really well executed. But the the story has mankind, humans left impoverished from this invasion, and uh, the aliens now rule society, and all humans answer to them. Are they? Can they talk and stuff? Yeah, they can. They understand English, but right. their way of talking is they rub their hands together, which makes a sound that then translates into English. Right. Right. It's really original, weird stuff that they've come up with this in in this film. But it's, the story follows two teenagers who find a way to earn money and actually lift their families up by broadcasting their love life in a new social media way. So social media in this world is not like what we know. It's very much you just plug this little thing to the side of your head and everyone's in tune with your brain. Right. Right. So they broadcast Jesus. their love affair. But the would not fare well <laughs> if that was what it's like The, the, the problem is though, and it's such a hard film to describe, but the aliens deem their content to be misleading and they're on account of them not actually being in love, right? And they right. find that's not fair on the audience. And so they... They condemn these teenagers to generational punishment. It's going to last six generations, right? Jesus, that's a bit, that's a bit hard. But then Tiffany Haddish, who's the mum of one of the characters, comes in and makes a plea bargain and agrees to marry the son of one of the leaders of this slug alien race. And so this slug enters the household as a father and insists the kids call him father. They sit at the table and all this, but he doesn't understand. And but he looks like a pug. He, not even that. Like, like a, a pug snail. A pug snail. Like, and... <laughs> and <laughs> 
he doesn't understand actual humanity and, and emotion and things like that. So it's these humans trying to live with this slug. Fucking weird, right? So the best way yeah. I could use to describe it would be imagine hog the shower. Imagine the Wes Anderson we loved back in the day. Yeah. Directing District Nine. Right? That's kind of a, a way to describe it. But even then, even then it doesn't do it justice. But I tell you what, it's bonkers. Fucking right. bonkers. And it's shot so well and I just highly recommend it. Please tell me it's 90 minutes. It felt a bit long-winded in the middle and then it comes together in the end, but I reckon it was 100 minutes. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Completely completely doable. Yep. Jesus. And, and Michael Gandolfini, son of James Gandolfini, is really good. He's a side character, but he's... Got a great part. So. Right. How's yeah. his breathing? <laughs> he ain't got the deviated septum. Lovely. Yes. Uh, can I just add before we throw to yours, I did also watch one which I think I, I messaged you the other night. Love it first sight. Please don't destroy The Treasure of Foggy Mountain, which is the... Um, it's fucking hilarious. It's a new film by the SNL guys, Please Don't Destroy. It's got um, Conan O'Brien as one of the fathers. And it is... Gut bustingly I, funny. I did see you and Jared talking about this yeah. over chat. Uh, it is on my we list. We happened to be watching it at, it at the same, same time. time. Yeah, I I did see it on Netflix. It is on my Netflix watch list. Yeah. I just I was too busy watching uh, these films. It reminded me, um, and I'm going to gonna throw that as a recommendation because it's so good. It may end up in my top ten yet to be determined. But wow, it reminded me of the first time I saw Hot Rod. Right, and that's a banger. Right, yeah. I, I had the same guttural reaction. Like I just was belly laughing. So. Anyway, there you go. Two nice. recommendations. Two recommendations for the price of one. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that's that works out because my recommendation, running time wise, would take pretty much the time of. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Have you got a, of your two films. It, it, look, I, 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 um, for some for some random reason, I think my phone had died, and I was sitting on the can and needed something to read. <laughs> uh, I picked up uh, John Grisham's Pelican Brief. Excellent. Which uh, I think I found in my in my it was in my it was on my mother's bookshelf, um, of all the leftover books that we've got of hers, and um, I was like, I started reading it. It's pretty good, like all John Grisham kind of ones are. And I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the movie in a while. And it like you have to buy it off Google. It's not on any streaming service. Mm. You've got to actually um, go out of your way and and which makes and me very it. happy. I have that on DVD. Uh, yeah, it's a. Like, it's a funny one, but I didn't realize. I had no idea, and especially considering my my reasoning for not going to see Napoleon, <laughs> yes. it goes for like two and a half hours. I had no idea, no, and it still know. it still feels crammed in. But you know what? Maybe back then we didn't care if it went long because there just weren't that many films that went long in those days, yeah. and it was like, it's, okay, well, this is a long one. But now it's like everything's long, and it's and like, it was, fuck look, off. The Pelican Brief was a pretty. It was a pretty big deal as a book. Like it was, yeah. you know, the number. You know, New York Times number one bestseller for God knows how many weeks, and the movie was a big deal. It was Julia Roberts fresh off uh, Pretty Woman. Yeah, it was Denzel Washington kind of at his peak, and everything was John Grisham at the time, and everything was John Grisham. It was like a big deal. If it like John, it if was it John Grisham and Tom Clancy were the two, or, and, and Crichton, and Crichton. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's King had had his day. He'd moved on. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was stuck in the eighties. These are all uh, yep. These are the the new nineties guys. But it's directed by Alan J. Pakula, so you know a big deal all in himself. Yep. Um, and like I said, Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, Sam Shepard, John Hurd, Tony Goldwyn, who's he's a plays a bad guy, is great. James B. Sicking, the dad from Doogie Howser and from Outland and yeah, a, yeah, a bunch yeah. of other stuff. He's he's fucking great. William Atherton pops up. Robert Culp is the president. Stanley <laughs> Tucci is the uh, Globe-trotting assassin, and he is 
brilliant in it. Hume Cronin plays one of the judges. John Lithgow, Anthony Heald from uh, Silence of the Lambs. It's uh, just this uh, Cynthia Nixon in a small part. Jake Weber from uh, Medium and the Dawn of the Dead remake pops up. Uh, like I can go on because even the people in the smaller bit parts are n- now yeah. names. Yeah. And it's it, look, it's it's basically a you know it's a legal kind of th- it's a legal thriller like all John Grisham ones are. Yeah. Where two Supreme Court justices are assassinated. No one knows who did it and why, but this. Uh, you know, law student in uh, New Orleans uh, spends a couple of nights in the library and kind of, you know, <laughs> comes up with a theory that no one takes seriously except the people who did it because mm. she's on the money. Yep, yep. Uh, and so then they start sending assassins and stuff after her and um, it's pretty, look, it's pretty entertaining. The, the problem with it is it would make a phenomenal TV series. Sure. As a, as a movie, there's so much of stuff which happens when you adapt a book that, mm. where they've crammed stuff in from the book yeah. without that middle part that explains why it's significant and why it's in the book. Yeah. But they felt like these are the big set pieces of the book, so we need to put them in there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work as well had they been able to sure. take their time. And sure. So even the two and a half hour runtime is not really enough to do this book justice, I would love to see it as a well. They did. As a they TV did the series. client as a TV series. Oh, did they? Yeah, as a sequel to as the a movie. S- yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed the client as a movie, but oh, I actually, read the book. Sorry, it wasn't the client. My mistake. Oh, the, the firm. firm. The firm, the firm yeah. which makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. I, I don't mind. They all bleed into the each other. firm. <laughs> the film. I've never read the book. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I wasn't such a big fan. I thought they. I thought the 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 movie kind of. You know, I took mean, care of itself pretty well. You and I are children of LA law, so we just love a good legal <laughs> drama. That's all it is. I tell you what, I've been really pissed off <laughs> about. Uh, I've been listening to a couple of you know Hollywood insider mm. uh, podcasts, you know, throughout the whole strike, and one of the big winners of during the strike is that Suits has gone nuts on yeah, I've heard that. on Netflix. Like it's you know one of the it's become one of the like it's re- it's recycled as it's one found of the top a new shows. Audience, yeah, yeah, and everyone's watching Suits. The suits, when you watch suits versus something like The Good Wife mm. or even The West Wing, yeah. the, the law stuff is almost non existent. Like they're lawyers and they talk about stuff, but they <laughs> seem to make it up as they go along. <laughs> and there's very little court mm. yeah. stuff. It's yeah. more about the kind of internal corporate politics like of I the said, law. Like I said, LA Law, my friend. Yeah. We got it all. They were in the courtroom most of the time yeah. in LA Law. Yeah. It was great. You know, they were constantly going to court in this. It's juicy just, cases, juicy cases, mate. It's just bloody, what's his name? The spirit. <laughs> That's all I can think of him as. Yep. It's just the spirit basically talking about how he knows, you know, I'm so good at the law, I can beat anyone at the law and never really talks about what that law is and how he, you know, it's just... Uh, i tell you what is crazy though. Like I'm looking at the Pelican Brief poster right now, right? And I, I always like this poster for some reason. I don't know why. There's nothing special about it. But it's just movie, their two heads. Like well, they're, they're, they're looking at Washington. a computer. Like yeah. they're, they're in the library just looking at a computer. And this is when a computer was a big deal. It was. <laughs> Remember when the net came along? Like it was like, a, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what I, what I find crazy here, this movie is 30 years old this year. Yeah. Right? But you look at Julia Roberts, you look at Denzel Washington and the people in it, they're still making movies now and they don't look that much different. It's yeah. like if you had gone back to the 80s when you know we were raised on film, 
actors that were still going after 30 years from before it didn't happen then like it, it yeah. not in the same way where they were playing like um but they're not they're youthful now as they were then <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. weird so weird it's just the the, the wonders of modern cosmetic <laughs> surgery and and uh, and makeup but when you think about it Maureen O'Hara is it Maureen O'Hara is the John Candy's mum in uh what's that one where he's the funeral director Only the Lonely it? Only the Lonely yeah and she it would have been the same yeah yeah, yeah, she would have been like 30 years out of Piper her. Piper Laurie's another one that sort of, she maintained her youth for yeah. a long time. Well, no, she maintained her, her oldness for a long time. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> like there's all those, there was always, I remember at the time there was all, there was, they used to do that comparison of, um, I can't remember who the modern person was, but Anne Bancroft at, I think maybe it was Sharon Stone. Yeah. You know, Sharon Stone at 40 versus Anne Bancroft at 40 from The Graduate. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, I mean, Anne Bancroft still looks pretty bloody good in The Graduate. But there, I guess there are some actors that have been old their entire careers, <laughs> yeah. like your Maggie Smith, your Max von Sydow's, but then you've got those that have just been Brad Pitt well, young his whole career. Well, that's the thing, though. Brad Pitt, George Clooney's starting to go now, but there are those, especially, it, it works especially with the men where from about the age of about 35, they can go to about 55 and look exactly the same. Yeah. But then from 55 to 56, yeah. overnight they become an old man. Yeah, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is about to cross that His, threshold. The thing that's remarkable about him, though, is that I thought I thought that was the case. Yeah. But if you go back and watch Titanic, yeah. he looks like a 12, 12-year-old. He's 12, I know. You know, so <laughs> well, he has actually at some point. Well, I reckon that point was um, the Departed because I remember seeing that and yeah. saying he's actually come of age. Like, <laughs> the thing that's ridiculous though is that when you think about when you look at Johnny Depp, who was a similar thing, who looked like he was really young. Yeah, he has not aged well. He looks weird. Yeah, whereas DiCaprio actually just looks like he's aged, aged yeah. normally. Yeah, that's whereas. Right. A lot of those guys, Michael J. Fox and uh, him, actually Michael J. Fox kind of he, he was looks okay. right considering, yeah. But uh, I'm trying, like you know, Rob, even Rob Lowe, he still he looks Jason like Jason Bateman, yeah. Like Rob Lowe looks like he's had work done. Yeah, that's true. Like he's not quite right in his age. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, uh, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Mickey, me, yeah, uh, Mickey Rourke. Well, that, you know, that's the per- the perfect way to if you want to if you, you want to move away from your uh, early career. Then uh, just have your face beaten in, uh, and then reconstructed through plastic surgery. That's the best way to do it. Oh, far out indeed. All right, we're at the we're at the end, mate. That is it. Another show in the can. Probably I don't know. Is this a long one? Do you reckon? Uh, it's hard to tell when you're having fun. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I can never tell. I don't, I don't know until the edit. Yeah, <laughs> is this a long one or not? Uh, either way, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you to Nicole Pastor for having a chat. Thanks to the Boneheads, to Jarrett. It's been a fun one. Going to leave with a song that was from a movie that I had intended to watch from my collection that I hadn't seen before and realised I don't have it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that was I Know Who Killed Me. You know that Lindsay Lohan movie? Yeah, the the one where she's a stripper? Yeah, so that was actually um, directed by Lucky McKee's writing partner and I'd never, ever seen it. And so we're going to end with a song from that. And this is Maybe You Can Owe Me by Architecture in Helsinki. I do like Architecture in Helsinki. I love them. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Should we wait and see?
Because I've been saving up something we need As long as you're open to the possibility, yeah Talk and see, cause there's no way that 